Hey everyone, before we start, there is something I have to let everyone know. This episode is in both English and Chinese, and for many of our listeners, that may not be a problem. But there was a slight mix-up in the language logistics for this episode, and some of our guests felt more comfortable expressing their thoughts in Chinese. If this episode makes anyone feel left out, then I am truly sorry for that. In the meantime, I've uploaded a shorter on-air version with some English translations as a separate episode of Taiwan Talk. Either way, this Kalu series is fully equipped with subtitles, so I strongly recommend checking it out. Okay, back to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taiwan Talk, where we bring you stories straight from the newsmakers here in Taiwan. I'm today's host, Trevor Tortomasi, and for today's incredibly special episode, we're focusing on Scalu Formosa 1867. It's a newly released television series here in Taiwan, focusing on a truly unique time in Taiwan's history over 150 years ago. Scalu has been a truly massive project in the works for many years. And I'm excited to share this conversation that I had with three people who played very important roles in its creation. Yes, that's right. We've got three people here to talk about Scalu. Hello. 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 We've got Andrew Chow, Zhou Ho-an, who plays the part of William Pickering. Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew Chow. I play uh, William Alexander Pickering, a British explorer in the series Scalu. We have Huang Jianwei, who plays the part of Liu Mingdeng, a Qing Dynasty representative in Taiwan. Hello, everyone. I'm Huang Jianwei. Uh, my rules in Scalu is a uh, general from Qing Dynasty. And of course, there is the director himself, Cao Reiyuan, who has poured his heart and countless hours into bringing Scalu to life on screen. Uh, hello, uh, I'm Cao Reiyuan. I'm the director of the Scalu. I started by asking about the story's inception. When I first went into watching these first two episodes, I realized that there was a lot that I didn't know about Taiwan's history. Obviously, that's because I didn't grow up here. But for our international friends, can you tell us a little bit what Scalu is about? Uh,很多美国人,呃,还是外国人不知道,呃,呃,斯卡罗这个片子的一个背景历史。其实,呃,在这个之前,也就是我们在拍这个斯卡罗之前,呃,很多台湾人也都不晓得,呃,有关罗
，然后呢，其实，在一百五十年前，呃，那整个台湾的记录是很少的，反而是像冰淇淋。<笑>就是冰淇淋，还有啊里头的来到这个岛屿的这个呃美国的领事李先德，呃，他们有写下两本他们自己的一个到台湾的一个整个一个游记跟记录。后来有很多的台湾的历史学家有也有写到，也有研究那个时那个时候的历史，甚至于很多原住民本身他们也有一些传说。可是我总觉得，其实这些不管是后来的研究，还是呃原住民部落的传说，基本上它一定不会比毕奇林跟李先德更准确，因为他们是身临其境，他们是真正的呃 involve 在呃就是就是在这个事件里头。所以我整个故事其实还是以这两本为主要的一个参考的资料。Quick question: How many people were involved in the production process? Oh, a massive project. 应该有一万人吧。哇，一万人。从呃，我们光我们的临时演员就有六千多个人。那工作人员可能有三四百个都有了。呃，其实整个 production 的大概有一万人，一万人左右。I want to know, sort of, for each of the three of you, what was the most difficult part of the pre-production process? I think one of the more difficult things was、um, there was a there's a certain kind of、um, style of the English conversation that occurred on screen that had to feel antiquated but not be alienating to the audience. So I actually, for me, like one of the more difficult things that I had to help out with, I actually worked alongside our translator because the original script was all written in in Chinese. And then we、um, we had uh, this uh, interpreter, like sorry, translator. And then so she and I worked together. Her name was Nancy Du. We worked together in term in like finding the right words or the right phrases that could, you know, give you a sense of history and the past, but also not make the audience wonder what they're saying and why they would choose that word. Like for example, they, we could use hogwash, you know, as an exclaimer, but. That would kind of make the audience kind of jump out of their seat and go, "Huh, what?" So you may as well just, you know, use an explicative, you know, kind of like, "Oh, damn!" or "That's bold crap," you know, like instead to just so like the audience won't feel the distance between the drama and the history that's happening. So that was kind of difficult to like manage. And、um, yeah, we had a lot. Like some other people had had it much harder. They had to speak more than three or four languages, and we had、um, language coaches on set that would help them with the delivery and the pronunciation. And、uh, so it was actually very exciting and very fun to like get to work on this kind of intellectual level as well as this emotional level on set, where you have to like kind of balance the、uh, like, oh, I need to know all of this, but then keep the emotion going. And so it was really cool seeing everyone kind of work their way through that, and then kind of coming together. It was really fun. Keeping everyone's brain in the right time period is、yeah. really challenging. <laughs> yeah. And、uh, Huang Jianwei, what about you? I want to learn Chinese. Pause writing,、mm. and 然后大部分的语言问题，那个 Andrew 帮我解决了，<笑><笑>因为我跟他工作的很密切，因为我必须要百分之八十以上是英文，然后我又在必须要跟他寻找出一个那时候的中国人可能会学到的英文，以及可能的 accent 是什么。然后在这之外呢，我在 pre production 的时候，我还去学了大枪。大枪是一个中国的传统武器，就是 spear。然后它大概会有两二点五到三公尺长。然后因为那个时代枪是呃武器之王
King of Weapons， 然后<笑>呃，我是一个将军，然后我必须要很擅长这个事情，所以这个在剧本里面不会出现，只是我想要改变我的身体，所以我就去学了大枪，大概是这样。<笑>曹导演，呃、uh, ，What about you? What was the most difficult part of pre-production? <笑>呃、uh, ，You can say everything if you want <笑>。我真的想这样说，<笑>我真的很想这样讲。其实是我，我觉得对我来讲啊，其实最大的难题真的是故事整个 story 啊，因为我我就像前面我们一开始讲的，其实很多人对一百五十年前是不熟悉的，我们我们自己也不熟悉，包括那时候的服装，那时候的整个整个生活的样子。呃，然后嗯，造型，然后甚至于他们的居住环境，那其实这些东西都让我非常的呃惶恐。当然，前面讲的就是怎么如何把这么复杂的一个东西，包括你很多的不明白，包括你很多的这个这个呃里头的这些人物的复杂性，然后你要把它形成一个剧本。然后第二个困难当然是剧本完成之后。一切的一切，包括包括你怎么去把这些演员找到，因为我刚讲的，我们有六千多个，他必须要剃清朝的头。那你说在台湾哪有那么多人愿意来剃头让你拍？然后还有我们要有一百八十一位美军从垦丁登陆上岸啊、呃，美国呃海军陆战队，我在台湾哪里可能去找到一百多一百八十几个美军？那后来你知道我们拍的时候其实是各国的。<笑> yeah， 捷克的，有南斯拉夫的，只要是白种人，我都请他们来。那对，就是就是很多很多很多，后来都都是不同的不同的国家的，在台湾的这些人来演那些人。But that's kind of like America anyway. Like it's a bunch of. <laughs> <laughs> It was such a weird、uh, experience for me. Again, I wasn't in it, but I knew a lot of people who were. So, as as a as a foreigner in the kind of the foreign community in Taipei, watching the first two episodes of、uh, of Scalu, it was bizarre. Every five seconds, I was like, "Oh, that guy! I used to work with that guy. Oh, I met that guy. It was it was crazy." And it's amazing that in Taiwan, you found you said something like one hundred fifty, one hundred eighty, one hundred eighty one. That is. Crazy, But, yeah, yeah, massive undertaking, and and very well done. Well, I mean, that goes kind of straight into production now. The first impression when I watched this,、uh, the first two episodes, it's full of wide angle shots and large scale scenes with tons of people on camera. What were some of the most difficult parts of, of filming those scenes? Actually, uh, you 其实台湾很多年轻人并不知道这个土地是非常美丽的，所以呢，其实呃，首先我很希望这个片子可以把台湾的那种美丽，还有台湾那样一个各种各种呃各种地形地貌的这样一个非常丰富的这样一个台湾给呈现出来。所以呃，首先其实我们在拍这个片子就呃寻找很多很多的地方，在在在看景的时候，其实最难的反而是我们看景的时候。我们现在后来拍的都已经是确定的，可是你知道我们有找到一些地方是很美的，可是我们放弃了，因为我知道到时候拍是要把这些演员跟工作人员骗到那边去。<笑> so it was it was the difficulty of setting up the right shot or just getting the people out there. 呃，最主要是那个路非常非常难走，而且要走大概呃可能要走七个小时。
哦，它完全是在很山林里头的很漂亮的那个那个溪谷。然后其实我们本来很想把最后那个我们最后有一幕那个蝶妹啊倒在那个溪里头一幕戏放在那里的。我我是很想麻烦那，可是跟我去的。几个人一听我说想去那里，他们脸也都白，他们脸也都绿了，因为因为呃，我我呃，你更何况你想到，其实几百个人啊、呃，几百个人还有器材啊、呃，要进去确实是困难的，包括不管是地形，还有整个呃气候，因为我们有百分之九十以上是是外景，是 outdoor 的拍摄。所以啊，完全是要靠整个天后的一个赏识，我们才有可能把它完成这样子。Well, in that case, we can move right into talking about the weather because I have heard lots of stories about how the weather was one of the most difficult parts of getting all the shots right. 是因为屏东的那个云是飘得很快。那通常我们呃一到现场，我们拍第一个镜头是阳光的，那基本上我们就得。一直有阳光拍，可是，在屏东那边，你拍完了第一个镜头、第几个镜头之后，突然一片整个天空全部变成乌云。可是你还没拍完呢、啊，所以整所有的 team 就全部等。有时候一等是我们最长的等待的时间是六个小时吧，为了拍下个镜头。那有时候是你在在阴天下面，你拍了一个拍了一些镜头是阴天的镜头，可是突然到中午，整个肯定天气晴的。整个全部是万里无云的，那这时候我们也等了，我们就等有一片乌云来把那个太阳给遮住，那我们就赶快拍。然后常常会问那个现场的那个那个灯光师说，他会他们会在站的很高的地方看那个云有没有来，然后我们用那个 walkie talkie 就来来了没来了没他导演快来了快来了。然后我说那这片云我可以拍多长？有时候他跟你讲，可能大概十五秒。<笑><笑>大概就是一个云，刚好可以遮住那个太阳。那个时间大概只有十五秒的时间，我可以拍。And for the actors, did you feel the pressure when you had twenty seconds of a cloud to perform? Yeah, the only good the only good days to film on were like rainy days or when it was like bone dry, because then you didn't have to worry about the weather. But those are terrible conditions to work under because it's like it's exhausting, it's cold, it's hot. But then, like in the in the middle, like when it's most comfortable, you're just Holding your breath and then waiting for action, and then you you can't rush it. You have to stay through the line, and then the, all of a sudden you're like in the line in the moment. All of a sudden everything gets brighter because the clouds passed, and then you, in your mind you're like, "Yep, nope, this isn't going to work. <laughs> We're going to have to redo this." Directors, how you mentioned that some of these places you really had to go far out. What was the most difficult place for you to get to, or what was the most difficult setup that you had to do as an actor? I remember one time we went to a 然后那个海边都是大石头，然后最窄的地方大概是三公尺，就是山跟海只有三公尺左右，然后都是非常大的石头。然后刚刚导演有提到那个风非常大，然后那天我们拍那场戏的时候，呃，那个 Andrew 也在，风大到我们必须要站斜的，就是我们,我们必须要站斜的，然后就风就一直吹，一直吹，一直吹，一直吹，然后我们也不确定我们的讲话有没有在那个。那个麦克风里面 ，Did you turn the camera or okay? No, no, no.、Oh, yeah. 就是呃，当然没有那么夸张，就是 we have to lean a little bit forward into the wind. Yeah, into the wind. And 其实很多人都跌倒了，风大到就是像蝶妹，就是温真玲，她、yeah. 她是女生，她比较瘦。
他基本上快要就是飞走了 ，blowing in the wind。Oh man. Yeah. Um, then in in that case, quick question、yeah. for the director: Are we going to get like a a bloopers reel or a a funny video of all the <laughs> of all the mistakes? It's、uh, okay. You、uh, can think about it. You can think about it. I hope so. I wanted to ask、uh, Andrew, what? How did you spend your time getting into character for a British accent? So I, I want to make a disclaimer. I want to apologize <laughs> to anyone who's from Nottingham. Nottingham, or knows anyone from there, or is familiar with the accent. I know this is not an accurate representation. I didn't want the dialect to inhibit my performance. I wanted it to add to the performance. And、um, <clears throat> from my research of the Nottingham accent, it's actually a very kind of beautiful-sounding dialect when spoken in a you know a common, normal, everyday way. But that's not the way that Pickering is really depicted in the story. He's not. It would have changed his personality if I focused on how to make the accent most accurate in certain moments. So instead, I decided to. I listened to a lot of like、uh, Sleaford Mods, which is a band from Nottingham, but it turns out they're actually from Leicester. But it's the East Midlands accent. But、um, it was actually recommended to me from、um, Stu Stu Glenn, who actually played、uh, Doctor Manson in the show. And、um, so I went for this feeling of this rough and gruff kind of、uh, you know. I describe Pickering as kind of like a rogue with a heart of gold, and so he has this kind of、um, forward-leaning, kind of、uh, heavy persona that would kind of strong-arm the people he was working with or trading with, who were kind of resilient against him. Or he would get clever and get quick and find a way around the problem by presenting a false pretense of "this is how I behave," but then he's actually smarter than that. And、um, the reasons why I made those decisions was because you know he left England at 16 years old and was surrounded by other English speakers that didn't have his accent, and then came to China at 22 and started working locally. And again, he's not surrounded by his accent constantly. So I kept like certain emotional emotional exclamations that he would have when he would slip back into his most kind of primal sense. He would use dialect. For example, instead of saying yourself, he would say your sen, which is how they say it in in Nottingham.、Mm. And that comes out when he's like really emotional and not really thinking. And、um, and it's in the show, you know. And I, I decided, you know, he'd been away from England for so long, from English speakers for so long. So he would keep the basic shapes of the vowels or the consonants. But the way he would, you know, his cadence or his rhythm in his speech would have drifted naturally as he had been away for so long. So I, I figured, like, it was it was a fun challenge, and it was actually just a lot of fun, you know, just kind of shouting and rough and gruffing, like, "Oi, you, come here," you know, that kind of stuff. It's a great feeling, like being able to be like that every day. And、uh, Huang Jianwei, you also had a performance in an accent that was not your own, correct? <laughs> of course not. Ah, Chinese, 当然我们。呃，这是一个困难度，必须要提起一下。呃，因为我演的这个角色 ，this general from Qin Dynasty on the Qin Dynasty， 他不是汉人，他其实是湖南的一个原住民族群，所以他也不是纯正的汉人，所以他的他他们有自己的语言。那呃，这个部分因为很多条件的限制，我们没有办法去做更详细的考证。所以，但也为了戏剧效果，所以我想说，就是用比较标准的中文来表达中文的部分，因为呃，我们能做的是这样子。另外一个部分是这个英文的部分，就像我讲的，我全部都是跟 Andrew 讨论的，甚至是一句一句的，然后跟 Andrew 说，那这样子讲可不可以？这样讲话是对的吗？然后我还念给他听。但是后来呢
<laughs> 后来就变得有点呃、uh, ，Andrew， 你帮我回答一下。Yeah, yeah, no, no. So we 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 talked a lot about it, and we kind of we 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 kind of located his character's position in the scenes where he was speaking English. And one thing you have to keep in mind is that back then there wasn't any technology for recording recording voice or recordings yet, and so there was still a very common practice of oration. So people. Would have speeches, and in the speech they wouldn't speak in their normal day to day. They would have a presentational kind of volume and kind of cadence to let their points land in a way. And so we kind of went with the assumption that one of the best ways for his character to have learned English was to have attended these kinds of, you know, sessions or where there was a speaker giving kind of a, a lecture. And so that would be the way he would test his English and kind of pick up. His own accent and his own presentation and his dialogue, and that kind of worked because his character is kind of grandiose. He is a very heavy presence whenever he shows up, and he means a lot. Like his presence in that area kind of changes the dynamic there. And so when he starts to speak in that way, it kind of worked. It just clicked. And so we 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 tested a few things out, and then he would you know try this and try that, and then he he just kind of <laughs> slipped into it, and it, it just worked. It was it was it was just kind of fun, and we would like joke about it on. The side because yeah, it's kind of silly, like oh no no no, you know. <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> it was really. I felt that it really made the character kind of stand out, at least to me as an English speaker. Like hearing that, I was like, oh, this guy's. The minute he starts speaking, you know who it is, and so it's very signature. It's like his his signature, which is really cool. 在现场的时候，我甚至会就是演完一段戏或者讲完一段台词，然后回头对 Andrew 讲说 ，Is that okay? Is that work? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Well, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well done, and I'm sure you had、uh, enough time to practice during all the downtimes. You were waiting for rain to go away. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's great. I'm glad it worked out. You guys have done awesome job in this series. There are so many different languages spoken. I don't think many people could watch this completely without subtitles. So, when you were setting up shots, did you also have to take into account where the subtitles were going to go on the screen? You can see when they said it right. You can tell if it's a good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From from their physical appearance, I can roughly understand what they said. Ah, they that that feeling was it get to the whole story? Because, for example, the Chinese, I 原住民话嘛，是我完全完全听不懂。那呃，你知道我们整个片子拍到快结束的时候啊，呃，摄影师还有几个工作呃几个工作人员就跑过来跟我讲说：“导演，我们上次跟你拍一把青的时候哈、啊，我们拍每个镜头的时候都很感动。可是我这个片子拍到现在，我们都没有感动。那这个片子怎么办？会好看吗？”我说：“因为你们听不懂。<笑>”<笑>因为你听不懂主语，你听不懂，你根本不知道那个故事在演。<笑>他们很担忧的跑来,跑来跟我讲，说他拍一把青的时候，那个摄影师说他拍一把青的时候，一边拍一面拍一面掉泪。那这个怎么都没有？<笑>所以其实我也听不懂。那英文有时候像呃像那个巴比欧他讲的很快，我其实我也都听不懂。<笑>他有没有讲对讲错？其实我也不知道。<笑><笑> That was for the Ing Wen Zhu. They had to sort of. <笑> right. Yeah. 呃，可是说真的，我我认为呢
我自己很很感到骄傲，就是说，好像这样的片子，这么多语言的这样的片子，也只能在台湾会完成。其实很多国家，他可能很多人他会觉得这个不商业，甚至于你看很多欧洲的电影，他现在已经全部是讲英文了。为了市场，所以他们就会把很多语言这种很很属于各各各各文化的语言，他们都不要，他们要的就是一个英文还是华语片的中文。可是我觉得台湾可以拍出这个片子，我我我自己在这里可以完成这个片子，我觉得很为台湾骄傲，因为全世界几十年来没有这种片子，那么多种语言，那那么多种文化，然后交汇，然后完完成很很完整的去把它呈现出来。So your directing strategy changed a lot for different actors speaking different languages, of course. Which character story do you think was the most difficult for you to capture? 呃、um, ，其实我觉得一开始我对原住民，原住民是我最担心，然后最最最担心的其实是他们的祭师，这个要怎么说呢？英文要怎么讲 ？Kind of like a spiritual head, like a shaman, shaman, or like a kind of you know the the spiritual leader for the people. 啊、uh, ，spiritual leader， yeah， 在部落里头的这样一个角色，因为他们在整个呃、uh, 原住民的一个生活中是。最高的，他比这个原住民的所谓的这个 Chipton 更高的。那那可是，就是说你我们这里头有这样一个角色，其实我是最担心我怎么去拍他，怎么去拍这个角色。那你如果太商业，还是说把它拍的拍的太戏剧性，原住民会会来呃会对这样的状况会会会反弹的，因为他们。对这个这样一个呃、uh, ，speaking leader 是非常非常尊敬，所以呃、uh, ，其实我拍这个角色是最给我的压力是最大，所以当然我前面要做很多很多的这个 research 的工作。What changes had to be made for the sake of the narrative? Did you have to make any changes from the historical accuracy in order to make the series work as a picture or as a story? 其实我我还是讲哈。一个片子呢，它基本上它还是要让它呃好看，还是要让很多人他可以进入。其实我我举个例子好了，这个呃呃，我们还有一个 Doctor Manson， 就是里头的一个医生的角色，那个也是在那个时代一个英国人来到台湾，基本上他是把西方的医学带进台湾的。那这个角色其实，在历史上他是二十八岁还是二十九岁到台湾？可是我当时，我当时就不愿意用一个年轻的呃演员来演这个角色，因为我希望这个角色可以 balance 一下毕奇林跟李先德，因为他们两个都很帅。我如果把万巴德也弄一个很帅的男生进来，我们这个片子就变成 F 四，也变成偶像剧。<笑>所以呢，我就找了一个比较年长的，因为我希望他跟蝶妹之间有一种比较温情，比较属于那种长辈跟他，他会同，他会更多的温暖给蝶妹的。所以呢，就是说，在大的事件，我们不会去动他，就是呃，整个所谓的这整个呃，所谓罗妹号的失事啊，美军进入，啊，还有李先德的整个这个这个，我们是不能去改变他的。可是很多一些啊啊人物。还有这个这个人物的一个一个特质啊，他的个性的一个刻画，我们希望他能更戏剧性。另外一个就是呃，譬如说是黄建伟跟李先德
，其实这两个角色呢，其实在整个历史上面，他们没有那么那么多的 conflict， 他们没有那么多的冲突的。可是我们为了让李先德在这整个过程，他有一个对抗的力量，他让这个这个这个李先德到了台湾，他有一些对抗，他有一些压力，而不是只是他只是来寻找寻找寻找这个这个整个世界而已。对，所以啊，会有一些在在整个内容上会有一些修改。对，呃、uh, ，moving on to uh post production, I, I tend to, to I feel like myself gravitating toward all the questions of what was the most difficult part because that seems like the best story. But instead, I'll ask this question: What are you most proud of? If that's overcoming something difficult, then great. Or if it's something that just worked when it needed to, I guess we can start with a、uh, director. 对，我刚刚有讲到呃一点啊，就是说呃。因为全世界不可能有有任何的地方会拍这样拍出这样的片子来啊，那表示其实台湾是非常的包容的，非常的呃很 generous 去接受很多东西的。那这个其实是我很骄傲的。另外一个是啊、嗯，我觉得因为我们的预算其实不多，我常常跟他们开玩笑，可能我这个预算在。呃，冰与火大概三场戏就全部烧光了，<笑>就就全部我两亿的两亿的台币拍这样一个片子。其实我一开始我也觉得是不可能，呃，实在是一个不可能完成的任务。不不过，我想这一群人，就这整个这整个过程中这一群人，呃，每个人都非常非常的专注。他好像大家那种专注都有，就就就会散发出一个一个气场。然后大家的那个气场融在一个一个一个拍摄的现场的时候，它其实就让整个事情就容易多了，就就就这样子就往前走了。我我我觉得是是是这些呃是一起大家一起呃完成，因为其实其实这个片子我我我前面我们都知道是很困难，尤其在那种呃荒郊野外那种海边那种就那种那种气候非非常糟的过程中，总共拍了四个半月。我们的片子没有一个工作人员说他要离开的，啊，没有一个人跟我讲说他要中途离开，他不想再拍了，因为太困难太累。然后这些临时演员六千多个临时演员，其实没有一个人到现场的时候，他们说他们发脾气，还是说他们整个觉得那个现场状况太差，他们不想做不想拍，因为真的有很很多场，尤其很多场这种在烂泥巴里头打。他们这些临时演员来，他们根本不知道会是这种场面，他们只只想说啊，今天可能会有一个便当，然后会有八百块、一千块可以领。他哪知道说一来他要他要在那个泥巴里头滚一天，在泥巴里头打一天这样子，然后又下雨，然后他们没有一一句怨言哈。我想其实都是因为现场工作人员那种气、那种专注，让他们觉得哎，大家都那么认真。That's the power of、uh, of having a narrative to believe in. Just like everyone else was working for so long, so hard on this on this story and not giving up, is because they had something to believe in. What about you, Huang Huang Jianwei? What、uh, What are you most proud of?、Um, pretty simple. I learned how to ride a horse. That's it. Woo! Because 以前对我来说，因为台湾没有那么多机会可以去骑马，呃，它不，它不是一个很平常的休闲运动， right. 就是对，它不是平常的，就不像是骑脚踏车一样。然后我就开始，因为呃，他们安排我去学，所以我就学了。然后到最后，一开始是不会，然后害怕。到我记得后来拍片的时候，我本来还担心我可能无法。
然后后来我可以完全自己操控，可以跑，可以都可以做。然后我记得最后一天要杀青的时候，我都是骑同一只马嘛。然后我们在片场里面，那个片场没有没有到很大，但一个比较大的学校的大小。然后我骑着那个马跑了四五圈，用跑的，就是跟用这个奔跑跟这只马，还有跟我的角色告别。That's awesome. Yeah, there's not a lot of horses in Taiwan, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> During that time period, there were were they brought over? I yep. can't imagine. Yep, brought okay. over by the Europeans and also by the Chinese to work. But they mostly the Europeans because the Chinese used water buffalo for the most part for tilling. But Europeans liked their horses. Equine <laughs> um, history in Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, moving on to Andrew, uh, what are you most proud of? I think. You know, I was I'm born I was born and raised here, and、um, I, I was actually of a generation where they, we did include some of this this history in、um, in our classes in elementary school. Granted, it was just one class, one day, and we just kind of briefly went over like the facts, the factoids, and the important people that were involved. That's where I learned about the names Li Xiangde and Bi Qiling for the first time.、Um, but like like most people, like I, you know, you didn't think about it anymore. You didn't really register it as a part of, you know, what happened here. And I'm proud that I got the opportunity. I'm proud that I got the opportunity, and that I was able to like push through with the amount of challenges. Because this is the this is definitely the biggest kind of、um, production scale and kind of responsibility I've had on a production. And you know, it, it opened my eyes to my stress level, like how, the amount of stress I could bear and the amount of work I could put up, <laughs> the amount of work I could do. Because I had never filmed four and a half months before, you know, it was eye-opening. And not only did I did I do it, I actually felt happy doing it. Like the director was saying earlier, Mr. Tao was saying earlier, I never felt like I didn't like where I was. I didn't. I never felt like I didn't like what I was doing. I really enjoyed the way we worked and the work we were doing. And it was such a joy to wake up at five in the morning and go get dressed and you know have some breakfast and then get out there as the sun's rising and then it's raining so you just hang out a bit and then you like you talk and you think and then you you go over the work and then you go out and you do it. It was very very rewarding and I was very proud to have the opportunity and to actually you know push myself in this in this in these ways that I haven't done before. So it was very very humbling but also very very rewarding. I felt just like him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some actors work so hard to go out of their way to prepare and live in a place where that that character would be.、Um, you guys kind of had no choice. Yeah, it, it was great. We lived in these little. It was actually really nice. Our living situations were very nice. We had these little cabins, but we're out. It's like a resort, so you're just in the elements mostly. Like there's the wind from the mountains. There's the sea breeze that you can hear at night. There's the stars. It was. It felt like 150 years ago. It was special. What kind of stories do we want to hear more of from Taiwan? I think, um, always we always put this story as something that is important to mention that this is a Taiwan that nobody knows about the past. Of course, this point is important. But I always emphasize that I hope Taiwan's cinema can go forward. Taiwan's cinema can let m 啊、呃，了解到台湾的一个样貌，因为我觉得，呃，因为在全球化的一个一个一个过程中，如果呃我们不把这样一个片子往外走，其实我们跟新加坡人、跟香港人没什么两样。那如果我们把这样的片子往外行销、往外去了，台湾就有它一个很
很独特的 identity， 很独特的样貌，对对对一些外国人而言，那当你的文化被了解了，当你的那种呃这个 identity 被认定了，别人才对你这个国家才会感兴趣。然后这样子，台湾的影视的一些作品，还是台湾的一些艺术文化，才可以走得出去。所以呢，我我我自己呃很希望说，除了历史以外，我我很想拍拍一个片子，它是可以啊、呃、让世界可以。Andrew and and Huang Jianwei, do you also have any thoughts on this? Well, I think you know it's. I, I'm a huge history buff. I'm I'm really interested in you know history and how things piece together in this you know historical sense. And I think you know it's important for people to understand that like this is a dramatic story that is you know based on historical fiction. It's an adaptation of historical fiction. So I mean, but it's 99% all on like you know. There's only one character that's completely fictitious. And these stories are all based on events that happened, and it's important to have. I, I think of it as a,、uh, a springboard for people into the stuff that was happening out here in this part of the world at that time. That's really not that well documented. It's it's very you know it's unfortunate that the majority of all of our documentation is you know by these European explorers or the people who were here and you know because they were the only ones who were in the habit of writing things down. A lot of people here were still illiterate or you know not even in school. They're just they're surviving. I think it's it's a good opportunity for people to do more research and get more curious and explore in kind of like the way of the old did. You know they they found more opportunities by diving into these rich troves of you know information and what was available. And so I think I I hope that people see this story and it sparks a curiosity in them to make them do their research and make them look into how all of these events have played out. To where we are now, and what that means to us, because some of these chain links that are, that hook up together, some of them are bound in ways you wouldn't expect, and that's that's the kind of the exciting thing about history is like you you'll see how all of these things play into each other, and then how they all can be interpreted on a more macro scale of looking at the whole picture, and I and, you know with an objective perspective, and I think that's very very beneficial to everyone to have that kind of、um, availability at at their disposal. So I hope that this this does that for them. And I feel sorry for Huang Jianwei to have asked everyone else first.、Um, is there anything you'd like to add? If if not, uh, I think, uh, the director and the director talked about it. It's, I think, this 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 film can be completed is a very important task to let the world see Taiwan's culture, and then to let the people who live on this land understand the history of this land on this land. How did we get to this point? Another point, I think, is to thank 我们的政府还有愿意大力促成斯卡罗能够完成的这些人，扩充了我们可以有的戏剧类型。以前我们没有拍过这样的戏，它让这整个视野被打开。我们可以制作这样的戏，然后观众可以有更多选择。它也刺激了整个产产业在台湾整个产业愿意更大胆的去尝试更多的可能性。然后，这是我觉得对于我们的历史，呃，我们的产业，以及当然我们在这块土地上的人的自我认同，都是前所未有的。嗯 ，I'd like to say thank you once again to Scalu director Cao Ruiyuan, as well as the talented actors Andrew Chow, Zhou Houan, and Huang Jianwei. Thank you to all of you and to everyone who worked on Scalu, and、uh, thank you for telling your stories. And if you haven't already, please go check out the series itself, available on Netflix now.
Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, Trevor. Thank you very much. And you can join my co-host Ryan Drillsma in next week's episode, and I'll have another episode up in two weeks. Until next time, I'm Trevor Tortomasi on ICRT FM 100. If you'd like to hear more from ICRT, you can check out our other podcasts. We've got Taiwan This Week, a roundup of the news in Taiwan every Friday, English in the News, for useful English expressions explained in Chinese, and EZ News, spelled with the letters E and Z, for simplified daily news. For some lighter news in both English and Chinese, check out News Bites and News for Kids. And if you enjoy them, tell a friend. Thanks for listening.